0: Gather round, gather round, the show's about to start, right now. Right. welcome to episode 67 of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This week, the episode you are going to hear is installment 18 of Iron Maiden Stories. I'm really excited to bring you this week's guest because he is someone that I've really been looking forward to talk to and been waiting for him for a while, as you will hear, but He really has some interesting stories for your listening pleasure that you are going to be fascinated by, just like I was. Okay, well, as you know, last week, I put out an episode about Guns N' Roses. It was called Guns N' Roses, The Perfect Use Your Illusion Album. I had Nesbitt from the Talking, maybe I should say formally, I guess he's still the Talking Maiden guy. Nesbitt from Talking Maiden, the guy who, he could have a podcast called Talking Guns N' Roses, as you will, as you heard. <laughs> um, and I also had a Feckin over at Trainer Metal. I mean, um, trainer over at Fergal met, uh, I mean, Fergal trainer over at Feckin' metal. Woo. I'm getting confused by all of this guy's names. <laughs> uh, anyway, we did an episode called guns and roses. The perfect use your illusion album. I still want to write all the lists up and I don't do, uh, the, everyone does the Spotify's. I I, I would like to just write them all up and, let people vote on which one of the choices they prefer, which one of the albums they prefer. So, but the people that shared that show are as follows the Metal Chat podcast with Melissa from Boston, Luis Mariano in Venezuela, the Feckin Metal podcast from Ireland, and last. But certainly not least, my buddy Andy in Falkirk, the Sassanac. Now a word from our sponsors. All right. I have got a bit of an announcement to make here about the show. As before, I would have told you that the only sponsor of the show was, well, me. Well, as of today, I have two new sponsors to tell you about. In case you have not heard, I have launched my Patreon account. And my very first patron is someone who you are probably familiar with. If you've listened to all of my episodes or listened to the Metal Chat podcast with Melissa, then you are no doubt familiar with her. She is not number six. She is number one. Melissa in Boston was my very first patron. So thank you, Melissa. I really, really, really appreciate it. And I do have a special prize for her, as she was the first to take the plunge. Now, she just has to be a little patient because my shipping abilities are time limited. (laughs) So I definitely already know what it is, Melissa, and it is going to be coming to you. So just bear with me. My number two patron is my friend Alan Bell over in England. Thank you very much, my friend. I really do appreciate it as well. I really, really do. It's really awesome. I appreciate you guys taking the plunge. Now, really quickly, if you don't know about Patreon or what it really is, Patreon is a place where if you love what you are hearing, or if you hate it, or if you're entertained by it, or or if you just feel sorry for me, I guess you can go over to patreon.com. It's P A T R E O N, kind of exactly the way it sounds. Patreon.com slash Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. All one word, no periods or uh, anything like that. You can go over there, give it a look. Now, there's a few different levels you can, it's basically something you pay for monthly. You sign up for it. There's a few different levels so far, and each level comes with its own perks. There will be Patreon exclusive podcast up there. At least one per month. There's a possibility there will be more time constraints, you know, um, by the time you hear this, the first two will already be out. And another thing I will be doing each month is a singing song review where I will review and talk about a song. It's not in depth and it's, it's all in good fun. Um, It's something that is available as well, and as of today, March 2nd, 2021, the first two are up. If you go back, uh, I don't know what episode, but you can definitely get a sample of it. There's an episode I did, and at the very, very end, I did my very first singing song review for The Apparition by Iron Maiden. I don't want to give anything away, but... I do want to add that these songs that I review are not always going to be Iron Maiden. I can tell you this though. The first one is a singing song review of an Iron Maiden song that appears on the first album that had a new lead singer on it for Iron Maiden, a guy by the name of, uh, what do we go call him? Bruce Bruce, I think. So, and the second song that is up is not an Iron Maiden song, but it's a song that a lot of you, probably love so I do have other ideas that I will be doing as well that will be exclusive to Patreon and once you are there I will certainly listen to your suggestions because I'll be on your dime at that point alright so enough of the commercial thank you again to Melissa and Alan and now the moment you've all been waiting for on with the show All right, welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This is installment 18, 18, 18, eighteen of Iron Maiden stories, and today I have a very special guest. Someone I've been waiting for. I, I, I'm kind of wondering. I'm gonna have to ask him this too. I'm thinking he might have been pushed around a little on on Twitter to get to tell his story and. So I've been waiting for a while to have him tell a story. I didn't. I didn't pay anybody to do that either. But <laughs> so, so I have with me one half of the very famous duo called the Liverpool Scousers. I have Don McIntyre with me. Don, how are you doing, sir?
1: I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Steve. How are you? It's great to speak to you.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm glad. i first of all. I just want to thank you for taking the time to do it. And yeah, I'm, I've been looking forward to, you know, you chat with all these, uh, you chat with different people and, you know, it's just, I I put, I I put it out there occasionally. I'll say, Hey, send me your story and let's hear what you got to say. Let's find out about, you know, everybody. And it's kind of an interesting thing. And sometimes people will interact with me a lot, but they don't ever send anything. And I'm just kind of like, come on, what are you waiting for? And (laughs) I think, uh, I think the weekend warrior in particular told me that he was kind of trying to egg you on a little. He's like, Hey, you know, you can, uh, you know, you could send your story in. And so,
1: yeah, I think, I think he, yeah, he, he did drop a couple of heavy hints because as, as anybody sees what I get up to on, on Twitter, um, I keep making references. Oh, I saw this band or, oh, that reminds me of such and such a band and people say, you know, come back and say, well, wow, did you see them? Wow, I can't believe that. Where, where did he do this? Did he do that? And then I think the, the, there was a couple of other people, but I think, yeah, I think you're right, probably. Mainly the warrior was say, go on, you know, <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want to send your story and you want to do your story. People would love to hear it. And oh, yeah. I, I thought about it and thought, well, why not? I may as well send it in and, um if you thought it was interesting enough that other people might want to hear it. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, I always tell people the most boring story
0: I've ever heard is my own.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, it's all, don't you?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's, but yeah, I really do appreciate it, man. Cause I was, I was excited when I saw it. I said, all right, finally, finally got Mr. McIntyre here. So, well, I tell you what, first things first. I know, I know um, there's a lot of people that, that listen, to the podcast that are probably not on Twitter. So if you will, kind of introduce yourself as say as much or as little. Tell me anything you want to know, anything you want anybody to know. And uh let's find out who you are first before we hear your story.
1: Yeah, sure Steve. Okay. Well as you said my name is Don McIntyre. Donald if he wants to give me my full Sunday names um <laughs> as we say here, yeah um i'm in liverpool uk um for people who aren't certain where that is if you can imagine the main island of the united kingdom which is made up of england wales and scotland wales is off on, on the left and looks a bit like an apple that's been bitten into <laughs> but if you, and if you follow that around and you, you stri, go round the corner as it were uh, you you um uh, you come to where Liverpool is. We're about 40 miles from Manchester, if that's any help to anybody. So that's where I am. Uh, born in Liverpool, brought up here, uh, lived all my life here. Um, professionally, I, I spent all my late working life in um, what people might refer to as the back office of the, the main public transport, the main bus operator for Um, what you might call the Liverpool City region. And at one point towards the latter years of my career, we were also operating buses throughout quite a chunk of Wales. Um, Okay. I was in a good, fairly decent pension scheme. I was able to take an early retirement. and That's what I did. So I've been retired now coming up to six years. It'll be six years come end of March that I've been actually retired from work. Um, okay. and that's pretty much about it. The last couple of years, as um, you will know, and one or two other people who know me on Twitter will know that I was pretty much out of circulation because I was caring for my very elderly mother. Um, but um, sadly, she passed away last November at the age of 93, would you believe? Wow, um, yeah, great age, <clears throat> and it was only in the last yeah. few, last few months really that she. That she actually gave it you know gave that away she she was bed bound for the last 18 months because of a spinal condition she had but it was only in the last few months that you would have known that she was anything much more than say about 70 odd so wow. anyway i'm re-entering the world again well that's the plan but of course we've got the covid lockdown so i'm still not getting out much more than i used to And um, nowhere really is open other, other than food shops um can't get your hair cut, you can't go for a drink, you can't go for a meal, cinemas are closed, you can't buy any clothes, or every, anything wow. that you want to buy basically other than groceries, you're having to buy online.
0: That's crazy. It's it's I think things are a lot different or things are being handled a lot differently in that side of the world. Because over here we can go into restaurants now. We're supposed to wear, you know, masks and things, but we can go into restaurants and eat. You can go into now. There, a lot of times, the restaurants will be uh, set up to only have a certain amount of people and things like that. But, but, but things are definitely open over here. So it's it's definitely a lot. And and. It. I don't want to get too much into all that because it ends up turning political and things yeah, like exa- that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we perhaps perhaps um, we move yeah. on. We move on.
0: Ultimately, we want this over because we want to go back to live shows. <laughs> That's cool. that last and, and you know and and we want people to. We don't want people to be sick. We don't want people to be dying. We want to. I want. I want. Number one, I want people to be healthy. Number two the one thing that this has really stolen from me is going to shows because i drive <clears throat> i drive a big truck and i've you know my job when it first happened last march my job was deemed essential so i never other than this last week whenever we had you know sub zero temperatures most of the week and no electricity you know in the area and things like that yeah. i've I've worked, I it's been nonstop. It's been, I, I, I was deemed essential, whether I am an, or not is another question. But so the, I, I haven't had any time away. And so the one thing that I've really lost is concerts. I can't, that's the one thing that there's no way to get. I can still sneak into a restaurant and eat dinner or I can, you know, we, we went to a movie theater a few weeks ago, I think they, I don't know when they opened back up, but we we were able to go see a movie but concerts is the one thing that I, there's no way, I have no control, zero control over yeah. them. So, and that's a huge, you know, as a music lover, that's a huge part of our lives.
1: Of course <laughs> so, it is, yeah. Because you, you look forward so much, you know, the records and listening to things on the radio, if you're fortunate enough to have a good enough radio station, they're one thing, but there's nothing like the experience of going and seeing that band, is there? Right. Right. Nothing like it at all, and and and, and meeting up with with people uh, with the same shared interest, and sometimes you might there might be people that you only meet for that one Nice in your life, but yeah. you, but you've got that common experience, and um, and you, you you bond, and I don't know it's a cliche, and we keep saying it, but yeah, you know, I've followed any number of bands over the years, but I don't think there's anything like the immediate connection that maiden fans get.
0: I agree. I definitely agree. And someone, I saw someone recently said that when you, you know, let's say, okay, like for the legacy of the beast tour, I only saw one show and the show that I saw, I purchased the tickets. I can't remember the exact number, but I know it was a little north of 300 days in advance. Mm. So for almost a year, I knew on September 19th, 2019, wait, wait, no, I'm sorry. September 21st, 2019, I'm going to see Iron Maiden, me and yeah. my daughter. And mm-hmm. so I knew it for all this time. I knew it was coming, And but they were saying, you know, we used to have this thing that we would look forward to where, First you bought the tickets, then you just you were just waiting. Okay, two more weeks and I'm going to this show. One more week, I'm going to this show. Tomorrow night, you know, tonight's the night, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. It was all this buildup and all this excitement. And, and like you said, the, the camaraderie of meeting people, new people, meeting our friends there, whoever we go with, whatever. The whole experience has just been completely taken. Yeah. And that's yeah. very frustrating,
1: so... It is. Any. It is. It? But we're, so you know okay, what? We, Go should ahead. Go ahead. The, we should get back to there. We should get back to there. If we'll, everybody behaves themselves, we'll get back to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess the thing we should really be say is we're alive and well, and that's a lot better than some people are right now. So.
1: That's so true. <laughs> so true. So true.
0: So I'm going to ask you some questions here. I've got, I've got a good long list of questions, and um, – Let's, I'm going to hit, I'm going to go, you, you wrote me a really good email and you told me a lot of things about your life and musically and things that you were interested in. So I wanted to start from the very beginning. What was the first kind of music? You told me that you were raised in a home with a certain kind of music and that you have a fondness for that music still to this day. What kind of music were you, were you raised in the house with?
1: Yeah, it was mainly, um, there was some of what, tends to get called light music um you know popular ballad singers and what have you on because radio wasn't very exciting at all in those days but the majority of stuff I can recall listening to when I was growing up was classical mm-hmm. you know classical music you know the, 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 the likes of you know Mozart, Beethoven Schumann, Tchaikovsky you know the, the, that, that, that style of music and um that's 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 what was on an awful lot of the time on the radio, and I certainly remember. And it's it's something I still do from time to time. Every summer, uh, the BBC, which is the um, you know, British Broadcasting Corporation, um, they promote and broadcast a whole season of classical concerts at the Royal, okay. from the Royal Albert Hall that runs throughout the summer. Every single one of them is broadcast live on the radio a good number of them are either broadcast live on television or recorded to show later and they get all the best artists from all over the world to attend to uh, perform at these concerts and um it's a sheer highlight we have a very good uh, orchestra here in liverpool um the royal liverpool philharmonic orchestra i think they've okay. got they've got a very, very good reputation um, internationally so any any listeners who have an interest in classical might be aware of them and their, their their concert hall is only about 2 miles from where i live so um whenever there's something really in, takes me fancy it's it's quite easy to get to um by and large unless it's a really top flight and popular soloist it's Fair. fairly easy to get hold of the tickets as well so it's um we're quite fortunate in that in that sense um in yeah. Liverpool, the, the, as well as the what you might call the popular music scene that we've, we've we've had for going back for a decade, which comes and goes in its in its styles and and its uh, popularity, we've we've got this very active um, classical culture going on. So yeah. it tends to be stuff to suit most musical tastes going on, and you know all the the, the big pop big uh, popular what you might call pop acts they also yeah. also play at the at the uh the main waterfront arena um so we'll get i don't know they like the likes of um kylie minogue robbie williams if, if, if people if you're aware of that guy in the states uh his name yeah. is his name is a swear word to some people that i know. <laughs> so. We get them turning up. A lot of the really bigger rock acts will play there as well, um, including Iron Maiden a couple of years ago. Um, nice. But so there's there's a and there's there's smaller venues um, that will hold anywhere between say about a hundred or so, which uh, in a size type of pub environment to um, proper small venues which can hold up to about 750 people so there's plenty of places that uh that bands can play um so yeah we don't do too badly although really decent heavy heavy rock and um, metal is a uh, there can be a shortage of, of that but you know that's just how it is we just we just need sure. promote promoters to get keen on bringing their bands bringing the bands to the city and because I'm sure the audience will appear if if, if the uh, the artist is there. but yeah, classical music yeah. is what I grew up with.
0: okay, so re- being raised in a home with classical music, w- when what I guess it's a twofold question how and when did you start to discover rock music that that kind of led you into another direction?
1: Uh, well. As uh, I say, there was, there was always um, some pop music going on on the on the more popular stations. Um, I think I really got into it properly through, and possibly how an awful lot of people still do now, um, through conversation with uh, with your school friends. That, you know, because obviously one person would would somehow pick up on something, um, and people would would start sharing records or tell you to look out, listen out for something. Right. Um, so so I'd say say about 1970, 71, I started to become aware of it. And then uh, early 70s, about, 70, about the same time, 71, 72, um, one of the, the BBC television channels started to have a, a late night programme once a week called the Old Grey Whistle Test. And they specialized in having bands on who, by and large, were not interested in the singles market. They just made and sold albums. and um, they'd they'd appear on on this television show and they'd possibly pay either a couple of tracks off their latest album, just obviously that'd be a bit form of promoting it mm. or, if there, or if there's no new product and they just happen to be being in the country to play a few shows. They'd play something out of their back catalogue, and that, that's that's how 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 most people I think of certainly of my age got to learn these things. And then you'd start buying the weekly newspapers and magazines. Um, yeah, you'd learn learn the names of bands there, and you'd start to seek them out. And it was it's just a a general rolling process, but it it, it wasn't so easy to pick up. Uh, on new bands because there wasn't the, the wealth of um, opportunity that there is now with internet radio stations <laughs> and digital yeah. radio stations and, you know, because there were only about a handful of of radio stations going and most of them had to, had to um, broadcast to the the wider audience. Nowadays we've got all these other means where they have specialist audiences and they, they don't care if, Eighty percent, ninety percent of the population don't listen to their station. As long as they got ten percent, which is a regular hardcore of audience, it's as sure. good as it's as good as anybody else is getting. And they just they just put out stuff. And I say it must be much easier now for, for kids to pick up on on uh, new bands and artists in in the sort of music that they're interested in.
0: Yeah, people people nowadays, I guess the younger generation, they don't realize how good they have it with being able to find a music. You know, there was a time whenever we would hear music and wonder who it was. You know, now that you have these little apps on the telephone where if you're listening to the, I, I could be in a restaurant and a song comes on, I can push a little button on my phone and it'll tell me, Oh, this is who it's singing. This is what song it is. This is what album it's on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or Technology
0: listen- is great. Yeah.
1: When you're listening to a digital radio, just change the, the info that's coming over and it scrolls across for the artist right. and the track. So um yeah it's it's so much easier. Uh, whether I would imagine it takes an awful lot of the fun out. You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, th- there's definitely a certain amount of that I agree too because there you used okay, well I know the way stations were when I was when I was young, you would hear it like you might hear a song on the radio and then you're then you have to wait And hope that they say at the end of the song that they come up and say, that was Quiet Riot with Bang Your Head. Or that was, you know, or they might just go right into another song and then you're going, oh, man, now I got to listen to this song to find out maybe who this. And then sometimes you wouldn't even hear it. You'd you'd wait. And then they like maybe they said it at the beginning. (laughs) So it was it was a struggle.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It, well, it 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 still happens in that sense. The way uh, shows are, are presented, especially on on a on a commercial station. Yeah, you know, you can. Sure. They'll play two two songs back to back and then go straight into a commercial break. And mm-hmm. you could be about quarter of an hour quarter of an hour sitting around waiting to find out who it was, who who the first performer was that you heard. And again, as you <laughs> say, they might have told you, okay, we're going to play back to back. Such and such and such and such. And you've missed it because you didn't switch on in time. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Those, those days are, I guess, you know, we look back at it. It was the good old days and, and uh, it's, I, I appreciate technology. You know, it's, it's nice. If you think you could be just thinking about a song now, and then you can immediately go on, say YouTube and just type in whatever band you just randomly thought of that you haven't heard for 30 years and type in a song or whatever, and you can sit there and listen to a whole album. It, it, you don't have to have an album. You could just... It's there. It's, it's just out in cyberspace, you know?
1: Oh, I, I do that. I do that. Yeah. I do that. Yeah, I do that quite a bit.
0: Okay, so I got a question here. So because, obviously, I know you're a big Iron Maiden fan. At what point did you go from... I know you said... Uh, in your email, you told me that, you know, you, you got into, you listened to the old gray whistle test, like you said, and you, you started hearing, you know, from different people and hearing about different bands here and there. But at what point do you remember? Like, what was the first, when you heard, okay, for me and for some people I've talked to, they'll say, I heard different kinds of music, but when I heard, you know, some, for some people it was Iron Maiden when they heard Iron Maiden, for some people it was Black Sabbath or whatever, but when they heard the heavier sound and they just thought, oh, wow, this is what I want. This is what mm. I want more of. When did that happen for you? Or, who, or do you remember what band it was that, that you first heard that was heavy like that, that just kind of you're like, oh, wow, I want more of this kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, the, I think the first heavier band, um, because I'd, I'd, a lot of what I was listening to when I first got into in, into, into rock was, was prog. You know, rather than uh, anything strictly speaking heavy, but the, the first really heavy band I can remember listening to was Led Zeppelin. Okay. Um, um, so I got got into into them them quite a lot. I started um, at that point. I think uh, Volume Three was their current album, so there okay. wasn't too much back catalogue for me to catch up on. And then I, I was I was um, Buying the albums as they came out thereafter, um, okay. but in, in terms of really heavy stuff, I think the first band I really picked up on um, was, not surprisingly, it was Sabbath.
0: That's not surprising.
1: No, because uh, they, you know, let's face it. Th- there's an argument which is often made to say that, that they actually invent- invented heavy metal music. So yeah, um, so it's not surprising, as, as he said. That would be the first band that I really picked up on, um, and especially more so. Um, when after a while, I, I met up again after a, a gap of about of a, of a few years anyway with, with, the, with the guy that I'd been at school with, and um, I started hanging around with with again with him and yeah. it, his brother. Had grown grown up uh, quite a bit by then, he wasn't just the the, the annoying little brother who kept getting <laughs> in the way. Yeah. Um, he, he he was there, and there's a there's a few friends of theirs who, um, and they they, they went bad bad musicians either, um, although they they never don't think they were ever able really to make a living out of it, um, mm-hmm. so they they knew their music and um, yeah we used to sit around a hell of a lot, and, and an awful lot lot of it was records being borrowed off 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 one another, Um mm-hmm. we were we were getting into. Um, Purple, deep purple. Um, okay, Mont- Montrose came along, uh, eventually. Uh, a Welsh band called Budgie. Um, okay. early, early Judas Priest that was another one. Everybody was excited about uh, the early Judas Priest. Um, you know, just couldn't believe that the vocal range of Rob Holford, yeah, uh, you know, and, and it's particularly so on those on the Earlier albums before he, he properly developed his own own style and well that that's that's another story isn't it you, 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 <laughs> you, you know you know my opinion and we might come back yes, to that yes yes but in his yeah. original in his original style it was just absolutely amazing he was he, he sang as a, almost like a straightforward um cross I suppose between Robert Plans and Ozzy Osbourne but with this incredible range you know yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and and that that really really got to us, so that that was the that was the, the sort of the range of bands that we, I was li- got into listening to, and that would okay. be roundabout by the, by the mid to mid mid seventies. I think we're up to about there, something sort of like that.
0: Now let me ask you this: This is something I've because uh, Priest and Sabbath are both out of. Um, I'll say this the proper way, I think. Birmingham. That's it. So, that's the way I've learned it from Wayne. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So, if um if they're both from Birmingham, how far is Liverpool from there? Ooh,
1: 120, 150 miles perhaps. Okay. So, it's
0: not it's not a terrible terrible distance, so that's because no. that that's amazing because you know, they're two of the biggest metal band now led
1: zeppelin is not from there are they um plants and bonham uh where yeah from that area um not from birmingham itself but yeah robert plants and jimmy uh john bonham were from the from the midlands um jimmy page and john paul jones are both both from london
0: okay okay But that's, I guess there's been, there's so much great music that's come out of England in general, but it's amazing to think that Sabbath and Priest, two of, you know, the founding, it's always, um, I remember um, probably in the early nineties watching this, I had this Judas Priest um, videotape and Rob Halford, I, I think it was Rob, talking about, the uh, I guess they were they called was it oil foundries? Is that what they called them? And they talk about the uh, or maybe the machinery or whatever was going on. And it was just the the churning, the whatever the machines. Oh, and the, he just the, said,
1: the, the steel foundries, steel foundries. Okay, yeah, and, then, and, pre- and the press pre- pressing and the pressing mills, with this, with yeah. the uh, the hammers beating out the metal.
0: Yeah, he just said that sound just, and he said it was just like something ingrained into you. And I, I listened to, um, I don't, I listened to his, uh, audio, his audio, um, his biography or whatever that came out or autobiography that came out recently. And I was listening to it and he was talking about running by the plant and it was just so loud. And and just the whole, like, it, it was just ingrained in you that, and so, I, but it makes sense that, that Sabbath and, uh, priest both would have come from that area. So anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, so obviously, this podcast is an Iron Maiden podcast, and that's that's how we met from Iron Maiden from talking about Iron Maiden, our love of Iron Maiden. So, what was your very first introduction to
1: Iron Maiden? Okay, well, um, there, there, there used to be a long since gone. There was a, there was a weekly paper. Some people call it a magazine called Sounds. Okay, um, and. Late seventies, nineteen eighties, that sort of period. Um, they started picking up on all these these new metal bands that were that were coming to the fore. And Jeff Barton, uh, who was one of their sub eight editors, who later went on to found the magazine Kerrang. It was him who came up with this with the famous term "new wave of British heavy metal," New Album. Okay. Um, and they used to constantly be having. Write-ups about and reviews of club even club gigs um, these bands were doing. So I was well aware of the names of these the bands, the likes of Iron Maiden, Saxon, Samson, etc., uh, Tigers of Pantang, that all that group of bands, um, right. but never never seen them uh, because. They weren't really playing, most of those bands really weren't playing much out of the London area at that point. And, of course, they weren't getting played on the radio. So uh, it was very difficult outside, probably, I would have thought, outside London to get much contact with these bands that you're hearing so much of. Um, Anyway, moving on, uh, I think it was the... I'm going to have to look at my notes here, Steve. You'll forgive <laughs> me. Okay. My, my, my memory keeps going on me this one, and I, I want to get. When I say something here. I want to try and get it right. Um, it was, yeah. I was at this. I was obviously I said I was into, into Proust at this time, and uh, on the British Steel tour, um, I decided. I was and a couple of friends wanted to go and see them because uh, we're really into them. And in those days, uh, I, I used to always go in and see the support band. I, I don't always these days; it just depends on if there's somebody I'm interested in. Or sure. Wants it, uh, I'll go in and go in and give them a go. But in those days, by and large, if I got there in the area of the, the venue in time, I went in, and it just so happened there was this this particular band that had appeared all about in the press called Iron Maiden. So. <laughs> That was twenty-fourth of March nineteen eighty was the first time that I actually heard, let alone saw, Iron Maiden. So that's my first okay. contact. And That's 18-
0: um I, I actually I had looked that up and I cause I thought if he saw them in Liverpool and that was at it said it was the Liverpool Empire Theatre. Yeah. Okay, so cool. I I had that uh I had written that down here as well because I thought I thought not everyone always remembers. I don't remember all the you know different shows I've seen. Some of them stick out over time. I remember, but that's, that was a, uh, that's cool. That's so, so that would have been, I'm trying to think when the first Iron Maiden album even came out. I don't know if it was out yet or not, but so, so, okay. So you see him this day. So
1: may have just come out.
0: Okay. So what was your two, two questions? Uh, a, your impression of iron maiden what was your impression of seeing iron maiden that day
1: th- ah. they, in some respects they underwhelmed me to be honest um uh-huh. uh, they, they didn't make too s- strong an impact on me on that day I, I, obviously i could tell they were a good band um mm-hmm. but but they weren't necessarily to my taste and, and i was a bit too, too keen on on seeing Priests that night to sure. really take them in, I'm um, I mean, in retrospect. I do. I do wish I'd. Um, I had better memories of the event because obviously <laughs> it was quite a significant one. I understand. As, yeah, as things have turned out. Um, but yeah, at least I can. I can. I can. I can um, say this. I did see them on. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know whether I'm right in saying um, whether it was their the, the first comprehensive, even though as a support band, their first comprehensive national tour of Yeah, uh, I of think the it UK. was. I think um, it was. But it wasn't the first. I found out, um, I think it was the other year or so, it wasn't actually the first time they'd played Liverpool. Ah. Uh, I uh, discovered, believe it or not, I don't know whether you've come across the, the book Loopy World, Yes, I I Uh, don't have it, but I have heard of it for sure. Yeah, by Steve Newhouse. Um, I'm sure he'd like me to give you a plug and say uh, you can normally get hold of copies directly from him through his website. Um, Absolutely. People can can search for it if they want, and I don't couldn't tell them. Um, And he actually uh, meant talks in that about uh, time they played uh, in Liverpool at a at a a club, a drinking club uh, called Music Venue, which was called the Metro. Um, yeah, okay. uh, because it, 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 it's had um and took on to itself an identity of the Paris Metro, and they, okay. they played uh then it that was 1979, late 79. They played okay. the Liverpool Metro, and it's amazing how how and just um a one off, a quick, quick decision, things can be so different. I did used to go in there uh from time to time. Um, for that that particular night, I didn't, I, didn't. <laughs> so I, I could, I could have seen, seen Maiden months before when I, I really did. Uh, and who knows in, in that sort of uh, club venue, um, uh, they might, might have made more of an impact on me that night, but anyway, uh, that
0: hap- those things happen where you see somebody and they either underwhelm you or sometimes people overwhelm you and then you get into them and later on you're like, eh. Sometimes it was the live show that kind of sold you, and then you start listening to their music, and you think, well, maybe it was just because it was really
1: loud. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen some dreadful bands. Yeah. Uh, They they, they appeared good when they they were actually standing in front of me. Right, Um, right. And then I've regretted it. And yeah, Maiden was the other way around. Um, Their first impression on me wasn't uh, particularly a devastating one. Yeah. I've got to admit that.
0: So okay, another question I have about that show, just because you know I'm a pretty I'm a, I'm a big Priest fan as well. So what do you what do you remember about seeing uh, Judas Priest that day?
1: Um, I think I think I'm right in saying because I, 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 I saw them. I think I previously seen them on the Sin After Sin tour. Okay. Um, I have a feeling. Because it's it's in the back of my mind that this was the first tour that Rob Holford actually came on to made his stage entrance on the back of a motorbike. Oh yeah. Uh, and that was that that was that was that was sensational. Um you know, because you can imagine because he'd not long gone into wearing the the full uh, leather and studs yeah persona and he really um went over the top. By uh, ride, riding on onto the onto the stage on this this huge, huge chopper motorbike. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what what make a bike it was. Yeah, um, but it, 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 it was loud. <laughs> it was it was loud, and it made it was such a great visual impact. Um, and then the, then the, then obviously they, they went into into that that uh, the set that they did, which and now I remember that it's actually included. Um, what I think is one of the one of the best ever covers of, of a song, uh, their version of the Green Manalishi. Yeah, uh, they played yeah, that really that, good. that last that night. Um, in fact, I think it was pretty much um, the tour that actually ended up being on uh, the the album that's often referred to as Unleashed in the Studio. Right, I, I think it was basically the same set. Although okay I haven't, yeah. I haven't looked it up to confirm that that uh, suspicion but and I'm sure um, people will contradict me but that's my recollection anyway
0: it's funny how you go to these shows and you it's so I always tell people it's weird how you live your life and every day I was telling someone this the other day I said I live my life and I've been there every second of every day of my life wherever I've been whoever I've talked to but yet you can talk to somebody and they'll tell you about an experience that you had and you're going like, Mm. I don't even remember that. And I'm like, I was there. Yeah. (laughs) I was sober. I was there. I I don't even remember. So, so you you can't be expected to remember every memory of a show that was, you know, 40, 41 years ago. So, but it's still, it's still a memory. So that's really cool.
1: So yeah. Yeah. I guess if if I sat down, with a number of other people who have been at the same event. In between us all, we could get a full picture together.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. 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 (laughs) Now, now another another day that you probably have some recollection of is August twenty third, nineteen eighty. Oh yes. Yeah. Which was, if you will, tell me what did you do on August
1: twenty third, nineteen eighty? Right. Okay. Right. There's still still exists um, a festival, music festival, which is held August Bank Holiday Weekend at Reading in Berkshire, set in the south of the country, and that particular weekend um, was when the festival for 1980 was on, running running Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, On the Saturday, which is the date you're referring to, was the possibly one of the most important dates in the history of New Auburn. On that particular day, um, there was a cry-off uh, down, further down the bill. A band called White Spirit appeared. Okay. Um, I, wasn't awa- I don't think I was aware of them there, um, but most people, if they saw any pictures of them, if they haven't heard the band, would recognize their guitarist. His, uh, his first name is Yannick. And he, someone,
0: who likes to, someone who likes to dance and prance. <laughs> that's the
1: very man. That's the very man. <laughs> so they were on, uh, and I actually saw some, you can actually uh, get on YouTube a little bit of footage of their performance of that day. And he was oh, cool. doing it then. He's not altered a bit. His, <laughs> his stage persona is exactly the same as it was all those years ago. That's great. So they were on. Then there was a band I was particularly looking forward to seeing, which which was later on, um, because they had a vocalist with a very unusual name. And they also had the gimmick of where the stage was big enough, the drummer used to sit inside a huge cage. Uh and it used to used to wear uh, a gimp mask. Uh, the drummer, <laughs> drummer real name Barry Perkis, used to uh, Performing in the persona of Thunderstick. Thunderstick. And the, the singer was the, with the quaint and unusual name was somebody called Bruce Bruce.
0: Well, might have heard of him somewhere. He might have done something with his life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think he went on to do other things. The band was Samson. Samson, um, okay. Uh, yeah, and um, they really, really impressed me on the day. Um, the, you know, the, the, the there was the novel, no, novelty value of the drummer um sure but uh, the guitarist paul sampson was really good and yeah, the, yeah the vocalist um well so, I think he to, went too to, bad think, himself <laughs> he wasn't too bad he, he's gone on to do some reasonable things in his life um uh, yeah <laughs> he, he 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 was, he was absolutely sensational he, yeah i really enj- really enjoyed seeing him um they didn't have they probably only had about half an hour, forty minutes on stage of that, but it was really okay. worth it. Sure. Now, further, further up the bill was um, you had this uh, an, another a band that had, I've already mentioned that I saw earlier in the year, um who uh, in more recent time to refer to themselves as a little jazz band from London. It, it was Iron Maiden. <laughs> jazz band. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 were on. So that was the second time I saw them. That particular day was the second time I saw them. So you had those three, um, le- almost legendary now bands of of uh, of New Auburn on the same day. Yeah. And every in between them, I actually managed to see five of the current six members of Maiden on the same day in different bands. That's and wild. I, th- I think uh, also over the course of that same weekend, I think I saw the Pat Travers band, who unfortunately uh, Nico McBrain had moved on from. Then they had Tommy, Al- he had Tommy Aldridge playing drums for at oh, wow. that time. Yeah, yeah, great, great drummer. But yeah. I nearly had, I, I, I would nearly have had the f- full set there. Have, if, now, if Nico had been with them, I could have said I've seen the entire six man band performing. <laughs> over the over four bands and um just to That's finish the, finish this the story that the bill of that it, it was obviously it was a, it was a, a dream day for for steve harris because uh maiden were playing as uh, main support to top of the bill ufo ah yeah now
0: i'm trying to remember i i, I want to say you told me this in the past but wasn't aussie supposed to play that and he canceled is that right
1: yeah, he was, was he, supp- he there? Supposed to, he was supposed to play on the Sunday, um, and he he cancelled. I can't remember whether it was ju- whether he, he he threw a strop or whether Sharon did or whether there's something genuinely wrong. Um, sure. But they announced. Um, at, I think it, was, it might even have been as l- sometime on the Saturday night, in between bands, they announced that he, that he he pulled and um they'd managed to get a replacement on as a, a, a band um another midlands band um who were best best known as a, as, a, as a pop band called Slade who had okay. a, who had a great reputation for actually being a heavy band live um and th- they they were they were slotted in and the running order moved around for the Sunday and yeah, they, they they were they were they were great. They were really great. Okay. Uh, um, they they proved that they were far better than um, than the the, the of the, the pop singles they put out, which just made made a living for them. They re- really could play could play rock. But yeah, okay. Ozzy, Ozzy was supposed to play, and uh, he pulled out. Um, okay. But yeah, there was a great lineup. Um, Tags of Pantang played that, that day, if I remember right. OK. Um, almost anybody, it seemed as though almost anybody who was anybody um, was on that particular weekend. It's, it's reckoned to be, be the one weekend, if you were if you were into that style of band, the one weekend um, that you should have been at. And fortunately, <laughs> fortunately I was there. Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: that was the second time in... Almost literally, it was five months almost to the day yeah. that you had seen them the first time. So, did they fare any better for you in August than they you, did in March?
1: They did. I was I was much I felt I, I much much more enj- enjoyed them that day, and I, I can't say this. It was just the fact that it was in, in, into the music, uh, the, the mood through listening to music because it had been. It was at a festival, but yeah, they did they, they did make uh, more of an impact on me that day. It really did. Okay. And uh, I've, since then, I've, I've discovered uh, online and th- th- there's, uh, there's a bootleg, not of great quality as so many are, of that performance that day, oh, um, cool. uh, which you can get the, the whole of this set. And, of course, part of the set appears on the uh, the BBC Archives album. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I have heard that. I have yeah. heard that. So, so it's part of the thing is. It's either four or five songs out of the set appears on that album. So yeah, um, did enjoy the much more that day. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now let's see here. Uh, next question for you. Now you told me also that you attended the very first Monsters of Rock show in 1980. Correct. I did indeed. Yeah, yeah. What do you remember? Who do you who played that you remember or who any memories from that day?
1: Yeah, um let's see who who was on off the top of my head who was on um crocus were on oh wow um, um I think they were about third off they were third Possibly, I think they were possibly third billing um okay Saxon were also on mm-hmm. um I'm trying to think of who else might have been there there's a Z- 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 I think an American band called Cheap Trick played. Okay. Okay. They, they played. Then um, main support act at, um, for for that night was uh, it was Priest. yet again, it's amazing how they keep t- turning up in in uh, in this oh, wow. story. So they, they 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 were there as well, uh, and um, they were really good. They were really good. Holy. Um,
0: really. Um, that's really cool. That's that's really that's really cool.
1: But we did, uh, and the, the group of people I was with, um, because it was a one-day festival, and, and of course you had to either get away early or risk being snarled up in the traffic uh, for hours and hours and hours. We you had to make a decision. The top top of the bill was Rainbow. Okay. Of um, course, it wasn't the Dio Rainbow. It was the uh, the, uh, the the uh, grown Bonnet. Uh, okay incarnation and to be honest none of us were particularly keen on seeing them so (laughs) as soon as priests had had finished and they they'd done their last curtain call as it were and they you know it was the equivalent of the house lights going on we said right are we making a move and we it took that long even then to get out of the car park that we would as we were just actually picking up speed in the car we could actually hear Rainbow hitting hitting the stage, okay, so okay from that from that point of view, it's it's just as well that we left early rather than hang around just to get the value out of our tickets and see sure. a band that we yeah. weren't particularly bothered with. But yeah, that was um, that was okay. that was when you think about it in retrospect. Yeah, it was quite a spectacular bill that one
0: that's that's wild because you saw a lot of really cool shows that year that's <laughs> yeah. wild
1: yeah when you think about it yeah yeah
0: and and just i mean i guess i mean i know priest is from that area but so you got to see priest literally twice in about 5 6 months too so there there was i was i was telling somebody one time i was talking to melissa on the phone and we were talking and and I started doing a little looking while I was talking to her about uh, the somewhere in time tour and Iron Maiden played at a, they played a show in Dallas, Texas. And 37 days later, they played a show in Fort worth and that's literally, you know, 35 miles apart. And in the process of that, I mean, they went all over the United States. They did this big whole tour going everywhere. You know, I want to say they were in California, New York, the East and West Coast, in the middle of the country. They just were everywhere. And then they ended up... I'm like, I don't think they've ever done that any other time in their... Uh, at That late in the history, for sure, where they've crisscrossed and made their way. And I'm thinking... At the time, I wasn't old enough to drive, so... And if I would have, I, I, I probably... You know, like I said, nowadays people can hear about everything. So, to me the, the you got to see a lot of mm. you got to see Iron Maiden in five two, twice in 5 months and especially you think about the incarnation you saw too. You saw with Dennis Stratton and Paul Diano and Clive Burr. Yeah. That's really?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really really cool. So, so after 1980, you you, you told me that you kind of started to drift away from music for a while. I guess um you kind of uh what happened there so where what what caused you to just uh just life in general what happened
1: yeah i i i, I don't know um of course there was I, 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 work, work was get. i think work was starting to get more, more in more intense a little mm-hmm. bit so there was there's those 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 pressures and um I'd, I had followed football or soccer, as you might want to call it, um, <laughs> when I was growing up. When I was a when I was a young boy, and, and I, I somehow rediscovered an interest in it, and yeah. um, and I, and also at the same time, I, I I'll freely admit I, w- I was drinking very heavily. Um, yeah. So combination of the fact that I was spending an awful lot of time in the pub. And I was spending an awful lot of time with my weekends of actually going to watch football. Mm. Um I just stopped listening to music basically. And um stopped listen stopped listening to music therefore um I stopped going to shows. Yeah. Um it's 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 it's, it's obviously something something I I regret. Uh, Now, (laughs) when you you think about um, all the things that I missed out on, but, um, but yeah, you make your decisions and you have to live with the consequences and and at the the time, other things um, seem to become more important to me.
0: Sure. Life, things happen in life, you know, it's, it's, uh, like, like for me, you know, there was a time when I used to go to a lot of shows and then I got married and had had kids and and there was a good chunk of time where i just you know like just different priorities take different precedents in your life and you don't a lot of times you don't have control over them but you know sometimes we just it's just like we it's like when when you were young and sometimes your parents would go ah oh, just going through a phase it's just a thing you know whatever and it happens even when you're a grown up <laughs> so yeah
1: yeah it does it does it does you know you'll pick up an interest and um pursue it quite keenly for a few years, and then something else will come along, which right. seems more interesting. You know, your, your tastes get jaded, don't they? You know, it's not necessarily oh, yeah. the fact that it's a fad. Your taste gets jaded, and you, you're you constantly yeah. looking for something new.
0: Oh, yeah, something new, something exciting, something different. Yeah. So Now, I was wondering, though, because this is something you didn't say, but I think you may have just said this, but did were you just completely not listening to music at all, or did you still listen to the music that you already had kind of gotten into growing up?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think I was still, I was, yeah, I was, I think it was not so much, but yeah, I think you're probably right. I was still listening to the stuff that I already knew. Uh, I just wasn't learning any, 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 any new stuff. Um, You know, so I sort of um, hibernated in, in, in that sense, I suppose, that um, my, my musical knowledge didn't grow any.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, now, obviously, during this stage, within, I guess, say, within a year and a half or so of this, or not even that long, probably within a, a, a solid year, the the singer that you enjoyed so much at Reading, that Mr. Bruce Bruce, became the lead singer of Iron Maiden. Did, did you have any, like, so from the time that you got out, did you have any knowledge? Like, did you ever hear, hey, the guy from Samson's, the singer in Iron Maiden, did you ever hear anything about that? Or was it just? Far gone.
1: No, uh, yeah, no. I, I, I knew, I knew about this. C- certainly, I, I was aware of it. Um, okay. At that, when that happened, I think I was, I was, I still had uh, an interest in, in what was going on. So I knew knew it had happened, um, but um, I just sort of didn't didn't follow up my 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 interest in finding out what what he was what he, how the, how the band now sounded with him in it.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense. It's, I was just, I was, I've kind of wondered about that because I I thought, well, he really, I think that's so cool though, that that you saw Bruce with Samson before he was in Maiden and you thought to yourself, man, this guy really has some pipes. This guy can really sing. That's really cool. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. So at a certain point, you started getting back into going to shows. So what, what happened during that stage of your life that, that you thought maybe I should start listening to these listening to music again, going to shows? What what got you to doing that again?
1: Uh, well it was a, a guy that had been been going to the football with um for for a number of years. Um he 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 was this this guy was a goth and he, he used to get all sorts of stick um He'd, he'd try and dress dress down a little bit, but he was still turning up at the match, and it was obvious that he was uh, he wasn't your average football supporter. He certainly wasn't a weekend warrior in that sense. <laughs> um, and so he, he used to get, he used to get get a fair bit of stick, but you, you could t- talk into him. You knew that he knew his music, and but boy, boy does he know his music! And yeah. um, I just happened to pick up. Um on a Saturday morning kids show that <clears throat> that's um sometimes played some quite sensible stuff. So I, I might have it have it on and with the, the volume down while I was pottering around and having having a bit of breakfast or something like that. Uh-huh. And um the, the band band came on and they announced this oh, they just hit number one in the chart. Evanescence. Okay. Uh, would um, bring me to life, and yeah. uh, I, I heard that, and then they were on again the following week because I think they were still number one. Um, I heard that a couple of times, and then I said, I said, to, said to my friend, I'll, I'll name check him. I don't think I can't imagine that he actually li- listens to this, but I'll name check him. He's Sean, his name is. Um, okay, uh, I said to him that the next time I saw him, yeah, well, I was seen this band uh on on a television show called Evanescence. yeah yeah, quite like the single yeah yeah it's it's quite good so um what do you know about them is 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 it's the is the rest of the album worth listening to so yeah yeah it's its it's pretty good stuff you know um yeah. you know i have got a copy and I really enjoy it so okay, so Tucky's recommendation went out um but bought a copy, gave that a really good listen. Next time I saw him, yeah, really enjoyed that. And he, said, he said, "Okay, well, if you like that, here's another band you might want to listen to." Uh huh. And he said the uh, Italian, the as goth metal band called Lacuna Coil. Okay. Uh, that they, they have, they have a, a male and female. Uh, twin lead vocalists, and um, you know they, they they sing separately most of the time, or, or certainly yeah. did do. And he he said, and he named a particular album called Unleashed Memories, and said, right, listen to that before you do anything before that, because the album before it is probably going to be too goth for you. Uh, I'm not sure whether you'd be totally into the album after that, so go for that one. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. I bought a copy of that. Next time I saw him, hey, come here. I've got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> and he, 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 for years, he said, the look on my face. He didn't know whether I was being serious or not. So he started quaking in his boots and said, "You know that album that you suggested I listen to?" Yeah. He said, "Yeah." Do you know, I can't get those tunes out of my mind at all. It's so <laughs> good. It's driving me mad. And he should have seen the relief on his face. That's anyway. Funny. So I then went out and bought the the other album one called Comal Eyes which uh, I think is still this still their biggest selling album um, okay. that came out in about 2003 I think it's still their biggest selling album and loved that and anyway I found out that that, that they that they they weren't playing the UK very often I think um, Sean had seen them by the stage he'd seen them once he'd had to tra- travel down to London to see them um Because okay. they seemed to be just playing once a year around about Christmas, and then they announced a club tour and I got hold of a couple of tickets, and that was it uh then after that um we we were seeing both Evanescence and lacuna coil as often as we as we could, and from then that started branching out you, into into watching uh, other bands
0: you 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 were bitten by the bug again. Yeah. Yeah. Live music got to me. Yeah.
1: Live music I, got to me.
0: I think, if I remember right, I think that I've... And I don't really remember anything about it. It's another one of those, I was there, but I don't remember. But I'm pretty sure I saw Lacuna Coil open for Megadeth one time. And it seems like it would have been very late 90s, maybe 99, I think.
1: I I'd, 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 I'd be surprised that early... Okay,
0: maybe I maybe I didn't then, but I guess or well, let me think, let me think, or maybe, okay, I'm I'm trying to think, you know, you know, sometimes you start thinking about things and it it, it swirls around a little. I might have seen them. Hmm, I don't know. If, uh, there's a band that I'm real that I like a lot called Pod, and they may have opened for Pod as well. So that may maybe that's where I saw them, but I could swear, I could swear I've seen them. At least it sounds like I have, but anyway, I digress. That ri-
1: so. that that, ring, that rings a bell, to be honest, dude. That rings a bell. Okay, so that yeah. might yeah, that, that you might be, you, you, that might be it. Yeah, you might be right with that one. Because that would have
0: been, oh, I'm trying to think of what year that would have been. That would have been anywhere from, well, anywhere from 99 to 2003 or four, somewhere in that range. I'm trying to think of the date, the times. I, it's, mm-hmm. I'm trying to. I'm going into an area that I haven't thought about in a while. So yeah,
1: but I I, so, I I think whether you're right or not in the dates, I think you're right in thinking that they did support POD. Okay. I, okay. I, I have something vaguely at the back of my mind that they did do that. Yeah. Did do such a tour. Now, now, in your story
0: that you wrote me, the next thing up, you told me that. You met a particular person that we're both aware of um it's a it's a it's a somebody that that might go some- another person that's a scouser i'll say <laughs> um it, tell me the story about meeting this person and you, i think we know, i think you're sure you know who i'm talking about so so tell me about tell me about meeting this other scouser
1: yeah sure yeah um round about, i think it was tail end of 2005, although she might have a different recollection, I first bumped into Stephanie, Stephanie Jane Grey, Um, uh, myself and um, a a good friend of mine who I I found out only the other day um, had passed away, we'd Mm. fallen out of contact, as as people do. Um, The two of us used to drink in this particular pub in the central of pool Uh, every Friday night, we'd meet up, and we'd we'd spend the evening drinking and and chatting, and um, Stephanie and her um, workmate and colleague Paul, um, they they started they were coming into the pub as well, and we we fell into talking, and yeah. uh, never never knowingly encountered these people before, but so we found that we had so much in common. It was amazing. Um, uh-huh. Uh, we both had an interest in um, in rugby union, uh, okay. and and that developed into uh, when I was uh, was looking for um, a club locally to to go and start watching. Um, S- Stephanie suggested the name the, the club that she used to go and watch, so um, I started going along there a few months later, and um, became a very active member there. Um, had to stop going for the reasons I, I mentioned at the very beginning of, of, our, of our talk. And then, of course, lockdowns prevented them uh, ha- having any sort of season this time around. Yeah, but yeah. but um, we also, I picked up on the fact that Pear and, and Paul used to wear Iron Maiden T-shirts. <laughs> now, at this stage... It's that long since I'd actually heard anything by by them that I wasn't fully aware that the band was even still going. Sure, sure. Incredible. But thought, yeah, well, they obviously, I suppose they must be still going because, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily actively wear a T-shirt of a, a long defunct band. Uh, <laughs> although some people I know I know do. Um, but, right, right. But, but this was a regular thing. Every week... They seemed to be out in Iron Maiden t-shirts and different different t-shirts every week, and it transpired they they had this concept of Friday night is Iron Maiden t-shirt night. Okay. So to mark the end of the working week, um, and they'd re- release from work for a couple of days, uh, they'd go up go off to the pub wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt. That was that was just their their way of showing the things that things that uh, that was freedom for a couple of days from the tyranny of work. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> <yeah. laughs> hey, a good good idea. People mark things in different ways, but that's um uh... and um we, we got talking about about, about them, this, that, the other, and um, Stephanie's passion for the band. And um eventually um and we got t- talking as well about um about Clive Burr and his MS. Uh-huh. and the, the, the concept of the, the Clive Aid concerts that they used to put on, um, where, where you know or any any profits raised by the by the night um, yeah. would go in go into 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 the fund that they had, which was to help support Clive and, and his family, yeah. and uh, pay for any additional medical outlays. Yeah, m- most people I think know this story. Sure. Um, sure. And um, well, they were due uh, that. Uh, August two thousand and seven, I think it would be. Again, Stephanie would co- contradict me if I'm wrong. Um, they were due. She to, will. Yeah, uh, yeah, she will. They were due to play the um, the Clive Aid gig at the famous Brixton Academy. Okay. Uh, I think I think it was I think it was August August Bank Holiday weekend, and okay. um, she got hold of tickets either the or Paul, Anyway, we had tickets, three tickets to go and see that. I was all set up to go and I thought, right, well, if I'm going to go and see this band, I better sort of get some sort of idea of what what they're doing these days. So, right. Off off to to the the record shop, music store. Um, I I got, right, I think I'll get a compilation album in case they're doing pick up on some of their greatest hits and I better get their current album. Yeah, because um, so, obviously they, they might be doing a load of stuff off that as well. So I've got, sure. got the the Edward the Great compilation, and uh, a certain album called A Matter of Life and Death. I've heard of um, that one.
0: Yeah, I thought,
1: <laughs> I thought you had. And they they, 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 <laughs> they totally I totally immersed myself in both those, and it was all geared up and ready to go. And then we got to within uh, within days of the event. And the boss said, because in, in those days, bank holiday weekend, bank holiday Mondays, uh, the IC system that we had required us to work. Um, although, if you work, nothing went wrong, you could possibly make up the work on a Tuesday. But anyway, yeah. the boss yeah. said, uh, no, can't spare you that weekend. I'm afraid you can't you can't have, ah, have it. Because ah. obviously, I, I think the gig was playing on, on Sunday and they've needed to stay over. So, Monday, They've been traveling, trying to travel home. Um, so I couldn't go,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And you, of course, you know what they did for, for this set that night. Is, it was what they is were this doing. One, with, of the, one of the they played the full album, correct? Oh, correct. Oh,
0: oh man, that's rough. That's a rough one to which. Those things happen, but it's yeah, that sucks that you had tickets and everything. Oh, man. Yeah. So
1: now, Okay, I've got the, I've got the shirt for for it, but yeah, you know, that's not the same as being able to say right. I actually saw this legendary tour that people either boast about having seen or seriously or wish about. they had seen, and I had yeah. ticket, I had the ticket for it and couldn't go. Oh. Now I, I do have a question. I, I,
0: this isn't something I had written down, but it's something I just thought of. While so you're, you know, so you're talking to Stephanie and and Paul, and you you have this history of maybe and maybe unbeknownst to you, you know, obviously you probably didn't realize at the time, but you you saw them with the original singer, the the guitar player that was only on the first album and the first few you know little tours, yeah, and. So you're talking to them and and they're wearing Iron Maiden shirts and you kinda of talk and you're saying, Oh, you you see them wearing them every week. And at some point the conversation comes up where you're going, you know, I saw Iron Maiden at Reading and I saw them opening for Judas Priest back then, and but I haven't really heard them and I, at least I'm at least I'm assuming I'm assuming this, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But you're you're like, well, I haven't really heard them for the past uh right, twenty, twenty-five years. Mm. And so what what is their reaction to, to A, probably you saying that you saw the, you know, the band in 1980 and then saying you really haven't heard of since? Uh, are they kind of like, huh? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I think that was pretty much about it. That's pretty much about it. <laughs> yeah. But, well, um The interesting thing is because um, I don't know at what, what point we had the discussion about the Reading Festival, but I, I know they were, I think like most people, they, they seem to... To, to go wow when i say uh, who was on the bill that uh, yeah. that particular weekend and in particular that day but I, and, I, and i don't know at what, what point it came out um in conversation because it's this is a few, it's a few years ago yeah. even the early early, early you know the, the early noughties, it's still a little while ago um sure. it's actually turned out we found found out in, in various conversations that i had that there's so many of the the shows that I've been to in in Liverpool in the mainly in the in the 70s that Stephanie was also at, so she has an awful lot of the same memories of seeing shows locally that I have, yeah. and of course that meant that she was also at the Liverpool Empire when they supported. Judas priest. oh wow, that's wild. although I think it was a I think it was a while before she realized it. I know it certainly was i I, I said for long enough, oh the first time I saw a priest was at reading? and then I don't know how it was, whether it was looking up something to do with priest or or whether it was in um in Steve Newhouse's book or yeah. not. Um, I suddenly realised that they'd supported Priest on this particular tour, and therefore I must have seen them at the beginning of the year rather than towards the tail end of the year as as the first time. Okay. And I think think Stephanie had forgotten that as well. So it was only when I mentioned it that she realised that she had also seen them as early as I had. That's funny. That's yeah. funny.
0: Now, now when did you actually get to see Iron Maiden? Uh, okay. You get you 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 get back into music, you you started with uh Evanescence and all that. And you go and you get to you meet Stephanie and Paul and you're talking about Iron Maiden and you try to go to the Clive Aid. Um so at what point do you actually see Iron Maiden again live as a fan for the first time?
1: Yeah. Um well, it was um, somewhere back in time, too, um the, 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 the way that worked, uh, not all that long after we'd, we'd first met up um, and st- started spending lots of time talking about uh, rugby union, we decided that the 2007 World Cup in that sport was held in France. And we, we we went to a load of matches at that and spent a lot of time in Paris and it came round to the somewhere back in time tour being being announced and um sort of it was it was decided as a group decision well the tell you what we're looking for an excuse to get back to Paris and made in a plane two nights in Paris so that was what we did and they were also and it wonderfully tied in with our rugby union interest they actually they were just playing the one uk gig on that tour and that just happened to be at twickenham which is the you know the really big 80 80,000 plus capacity rugby stadium uh, oh, wow. in london where the national team plays so so that's what we, that's what we did i'm just leafing back through my notes because my, my memory's yeah. gone um, so we saw them in Paris on the first and second of July, two thousand and eight. Okay. Um, on, on that particular tour, and of course, anybody who knows the Flight Six 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 film and album will know the, the set that was done. Uh, yeah. And it, it, absolute classic. You know, some of the some songs there which they haven't played for many, many years, and of course, haven't played some of them. They haven't played since that tour. Um, so we saw them 1st and 2nd July in Paris, and then we got back just in time, I think, basically, to fly back into Liverpool, throw our dirty stuff in the laundry, refill our bags, and travel down to London. And we saw them that following Saturday on the 5th uh-huh. at Twickenham. So we effectively saw them three times in the one week on the same that's tour That's crazy. Yeah,
0: that's really crazy. That's crazy. So and since this, you've you've seen quite a few shows, am I right?
1: Yeah, I've seen uh, seen them about another ten, I think, another 10 times since since that. Oh wow. Um so I've been back seen them twice more in Paris. Um on the final frontier tour. Okay. Um uh, in, in in between that, um, they they played. It, it was also it was billed as the final frontier t- tour, um, but they only only had uh, El Dorado um, was out to play. They played uh-huh. the um, what was then called the O2 Arena in Dublin, uh, and I th- think our, our good friend Fergal was also at that at, at, that gig, although of course, it's many years to come before I. I made his acquaintance. Um now, is that it, the
0: show is that the show where they were booing Iron Maiden for having the uh for having the uh the, uh what do you call it the um uh, the British flag the um oh I can't think of what they call it now
1: the union jack. jack um I think it might have been I think it might have been um yeah it it's a bit, bit bit insensitive I, I, would, I would think given the um yeah because uh, although I think most most of the people in the audience would have accepted it for what it was, which is just part of the stage show, um, there is an, is still a, a big, big um, bit of Ill, Ill feeling um, towards, towards the British and elements of um, Irish yeah. society. And I can understand that because um, Britain doesn't have a, a very happy history with Ireland. Um, sure, sure. And, Okay, as as individuals, I think the the British and the Irish get get on wonderfully well. Certainly, they're in Liverpool because there's, there's so many people of Irish descent in Liverpool. But I think yeah. when it comes to um, national symbols and things like that, that uh, uh, there's there is there is a sufficient ill feeling. Yeah, so I think that that might be that might be the occasion where that happened. Um another, <laughs> a little sideline on, on that. Um uh-huh. the the original support band for that night um uh, was supposed to be um and I don't know what brand they were going to be going under. It was supposed to be um Tony Iomi and uh, Ronnie James Dio were supposed to be the main support that night.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but it was round about that time um that um the, the, I think the Dio fell into into his final illness, uh, uh, so they, they had to they had to scrap for obvious reasons. Sure. Um, sure. So and I, I I was really looking forward to see, seeing him that night because it would have been the first time I'd seen him for a good gu- a good many years. Um, okay. And we had, they, they ended up picking picking up on um uh a, a, a fit, fit an Irish band I can't even remember the name. Um, they, they they certainly were they were okay but obviously it wasn't going to be Iomi uh, and Dio was it so that was right. the that was the only that was the only downside to it but yeah it was that was a good gig that was a really good gig okay
0: all right well, we're we're getting closer to winding down here so i've got now i'm going to ask sure. you some of the the hard questions <laughs> ah. okay the first one i say hard questions because they're not really hard questions, but sometimes they're hard to figure out. Um, do you have a favorite Iron Maiden album?
1: Ooh, yeah. That, it's actually that is a hard one because see, <laughs> yeah, because it, it it can it can vary, can't it, from uh, what your mood is on a particular time? I'll put it this way: there's th- th- probably th- three albums that I'm likely to pe- to go to first. Okay. Whether you could decide on any of any of these as being my favorite, the three albums I'm probably likely to listen to most often are Power Slave, um, Seventh Son, and um, Oh gee whiz, Brave New World. They're probably okay. The three, okay. The three albums I would probably go to go to first. Um, Those
0: are all good choices too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like them. You know, there's I don't I don't think really you could you could claim that there was a filler track on any of those. Right, uh, right. Um, you know, I I just probably take the same tack as yourself as saying that some of those songs would be the outstanding song on with another band. It's just that right. they, they they're not as good as some of the other songs on on the album, but they're still great songs. There's no filler. It's no yeah. messing around, and uh, from from start pretty much from start to finish, they're all great albums. Although I think I have to say, as a piece of work, um and Alejandra will be leaping up and down when I say this, she'll love this because so, um, I, I think it's it's, it's her, her favorite album. I think as a piece of work, the most accomplished is Seventh Son.
0: Okay, okay, I I I won't I won't get into my. uh my choices on this because I'm asking you <laughs> now. Now this next question is even tougher. Although I have answered it before, it's it's still a tough question. Do you have a favorite? Well, I'll have to ask it a different What is your favorite song by Iron Maiden? If you had to name one today, because that can always, I know these, like I said, these answers can always change based by day. But if you answered that question today, this moment, what would you say you Your favorite song is by Iron Maiden.
1: Oh, oh (laughs) you.
0: Oh. I can throw you another question to give you a second to think about it.
1: Go on then, go on.
0: Of all the tours that you have seen, which tour would you say is your favorite tour to have seen? I, I I think. That's a tough one too, probably.
1: Yes, it is because uh, I can, uh, you can make all sorts of, Reasons for seeing, uh, saying the Legacy of the Beast, because the staging of it was so wonderful. And there were yeah. songs that hadn't been played for years. And uh, like many people, I, prob- I probably thought, well, I never would get to see them. Um, yeah. But for, I think for, probably for sentimental reasons, because it was where I first got back to seeing them again. And again, the stage sets were so, so wonderful. Um, Somewhere Back in Time, I think, is uh, okay. of the Tours of Sea, and I think that's my favourite. Uh, um,
0: yeah, that's definitely a good one.
1: Yeah, which probably leads me to think um, it possibly, today, probably just Edgiest as my favourite song, might be Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Okay, okay.
0: I uh, I listened to one of our... Um, a. Lo- uh, 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 a mutual interest that we have a mutual podcast that we both enjoy. Uh, I listened to Wayne's power slave episode uh, just while I was on my way trying to get back home and I got done listening to it. And his, um, his analysis of the song I felt was really, and I even wrote him something on Twitter, a little uh, not too long before we talked about it, but his analysis was so good that I thought as soon as I got done, I was like, I have got to listen to power slave right now, the album. I just, and I turned it on and I just listened to it. And I just thought th- to me, there's two albums that I think Iron Maiden has that are, I guess I would say are f- pretty close to perfect in how they sound. They sound like everything belongs. And, and that's one of them. Power yeah. slave is certainly one of them. Yeah. But, but I listened to that today and, 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 and there's a, a part when I was listening to Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, there was a certain part where I was going, because to me, the song, when I was listening to the song Power Slave, I was just going, this has, I don't really have a, I don't have, I'm not like a Nesbitt or, you know, having all of my songs in order, but I thought this has got, it's hard to say because they have so many great songs, but I was like, this has got to be a top 10 song Power Slave. It's so, so great. And then, I was so while I was listening to rhyme, I thought this song isn't nearly as good as Power Slave, and then I'm listening to it and it gets to a certain part and I'm just going, I eh, forget that, nix that, nix that. That was not a good. This is the this is a phenomenal song as well. So yeah, that's that's a that's definitely a good choice too. So
1: yeah, it's it's so it's so difficult. You know, like ask me the same question tomorrow. And I'll, yeah. I'll I'll probably mention something of Brave New World as being my favourite. Oh, sure, sure. Um, I, yeah, I haven't even gone there mentioning something like uh, Revelations, which uh, is, is an outstanding song in it, its construction yeah. as much as anything yeah. else. But yeah, I t- to me, if we come back to the rhyme with the ancient mariner, you know the the instrumental section just just after uh, where the albatross falls from his neck, and they go into uh-huh. the, the, the 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 gallop. And if, yeah. And of course, if you if you if you see them do, do it live, uh, the pyros go off and everything. Yeah. That to me, when they burst into that section, is possibly the most exciting bit of music I've actually seen. It's just the atmosphere when you're there in front of the stage, and they're the yeah. playing that. The energy that's coming off them. Being fed back off the audience, you've got the light show, you've got the pyrotechnics. It's 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 unbelievable. It's very hard to just describe the thing. So to, to, to anybody, even if you know that they've actually seen, it, it's hard to describe how you feel about yeah. it. And I I, I, I know it's um, you shouldn't get mixed up with the um, how you feel about something which is when it's performed live. How it is how it is on the recording.
0: Oh yeah, um, that plays a part though. That definitely plays a part. It Plays uh, a part,
1: uh, in, I think, I think in, 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 in the case of some songs, um, that that over influence how it how, how it comes over live over influences people's attitude towards a particular song. Um, I think I think "Fear of the Dark" is a is a good example. Of oh that. yeah, yeah. You know, definitely. On, on, on record, it is nowhere near as good a song as it is oh, in yeah. live performance. Um, but I think Rhyme with the Ancient Mariner" st- stands, up to, stands up to that test. It's just as good on, on that in the yeah, that, that part, on the stage.
0: That part that you're talking about—that's the part because you know when it, I was listening to it, and it goes into the all the you know one after one by the Star Dog and Moon and all that part. Yeah. So all that was going on, and I think I was just kind of going, you know, this song pales in comparison to power slave and I'm listening to it. And then it does that, you know, d- then in falls comes the rain and then it goes into the hall. Of that And, and I, that was during that part was when I went, yeah, forget that. Forget what I just thought. <laughs> forget yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I have one more question for you and, <clears throat> and I, I don't know how many of my episodes that I, that you've listened to, but you know that I'm known As a hard hitting journalist that does not (laughs) shrink away from asking the tough questions. Yeah. And one of my listeners would not let me live it down. (laughs) If I I did not ask this one question. (laughs) (laughs) So for my friend, Stephanie, who, as you know, is one half of the, dynamic duo known as the Liverpool Scousers. I know she didn't send this to me, but I know she would be wanting this would have been probably the only question she would have asked you if she was conducting this interview. And it's simply three words. Tell me why.
1: Sorry, missed that, Steve. You're breaking up. Can't hear you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <not here>. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so, yeah. That- uh, I, I, I've heard. How many years have, have I heard that question? It's, it's,
0: uh, <laughs> and, and and I've even seen it shortened down to just one word. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh,
1: she, she'll never give up. She'll never give yeah. up. Yeah.
0: I, I thought that this morning when I was listening, you know, cause I was, I, like I said, I had all these questions wrote down and I, I knew I already had that wrote down and I was listening to that song this morning and I just, it made me laugh thinking about it. So. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I gotta say, Don, yeah. I, first of all, I really appreciate you taking the time again to, to come on here, to share your story, to share about your life. Um, it's always, it's, when I started my podcast, I, and I've, and I've said this a million times to a lot of people, but I always thought it would be cool as a, as a, just a, some random dude, if someone would invite me on their podcast. And when I started first talking to people and just finding their stories, and I just thought, man, this is a really cool thing because everybody's story, whether it's you went and, you know, that you, you know, you, you flew on an airplane and met Bruce Dickinson or, you know, cause he was the pilot or, or if it was just something like me being on a school bus and getting into an argument about something stupid, every one of us has these stories and they're all really cool to hear. And, and the more I hear them, the more I was just like, it's always neat because everyone's is different. None of them are exactly the same. So I, I, First, I just want to say thank you because I appreciate you coming on. I've been wanting you to send your story in for a while. So when – I think it's been – it's probably been two or three weeks ago that you sent it to me, and we've been kind of trying to coordinate all this. Yeah, and,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we were close to – in fact, we, we used to be doing this a few days ago, weren't we, and then all those weather problems in in Texas sort of uh, – Yeah. You know, obviously, you had, you had more important things on, on your mind rather than just, just talking to somebody the other side of the pond. So ah, yeah, it's taken us that, a little while to get this organized, and it's it, it certainly <clears throat> has been a pleasure to speak to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, like I said, it's 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 always fun. It's always it's because we chat online. We we've been chatting online for months, and and it's it's one thing to it's one thing to um to to you know to see somebody's text come across, but it's another thing to actually have a real conversation with somebody. So I do really appreciate it and I've really, really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have myself. It's been, it's been great. Been great. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to get off the phone with you now. I'm going to take my daughter to the doctor.
1: Uh, oh, second, <laughs> I, th- th- I thought you, I feared you were going to say something else then.
0: <laughs> I might take her to the woods, to the shed and give her a whipping too, but <laughs> But yeah, I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate your time, and I hope you have a good day. I hope you. I don't. Do you want rain? You said it was going to rain. Did, are you yeah. wanting rain?
1: Uh, no, we, we don't really need any because we 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 had um, we had a hell of a hell of a lot of rain this winter, so it's probably uh, not necessary. It still hasn't started. Okay. You know, it still hasn't started. Um, it's well, just, it's got darker, but it hasn't got started raining.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening, and um, I'll have to tell Stephanie that I don't know why.
1: (laughs) Well, Uh, perhaps you'll have have to ask somebody who really does know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess we might have to track down uh, a certain double-named lead singer, (laughs) Mr. Bruce Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good day.
1: Thank you, Steve. You you have a good time, and uh, I hope your daughter gets well.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Have okay. a good one.
1: And you. All right. Okay, take care. Right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: All right. Well, there you have it. I hope that you have enjoyed hearing Don's story as much as I enjoyed having the conversation with him. Once again, I must say thank you to Don for taking the time out of his life to share his story with all of us. So, thank you very much, Don. And now, on behalf of myself, Don McIntyre, the Liverpool Scouser, I mean, come on, from Iron Maiden, from Eddie, and from the boys...
2: quite absurd and death's the final word you must always face the curtain with a bow. forget about your scene give the audience a grin enjoy it it's your last chance anyhow so always look on the bright side of death (whistles) just before you draw your